You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There it is to the end zone, and he comes down with it. Outrageous. What a catch. Chase, one-on-one. Forget about it. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Monday, the aftermath of championship weekend. A Super Bowl is set. The Rams and the Bengals, the voice there as we came back, of course, of CBS's Jim Nance. Outrageous, he called the catch by Jamar Chase. Outrageous was the comeback. Outrageous also the collapse by the Chiefs. Joining us, talk about that and the NFC game on the Roman guest line is Odyssey NFL insider Michael Lombardi. You can also hear Michael on GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast available on the Odyssey app. Michael, let's start with the AFC first game yesterday. 21-3, the Chiefs are winning. They're about to score before the half. They get zero there, and it felt like a turning point that they never recovered from. Take us through your thoughts watching that game at, at the way the Chiefs handled themselves before the half and then again at the end of the game when it felt like they were trying to nurse the clock yet still think they could score a touchdown and obviously the whole thing went awry for them well I mean you know this has always been a little bit of a difficult situation I mean if you go back to Andy Reid's career here in in Philadelphia uh, game management has not been always as great as his offensive design and his ability to win football games I mean Andy Reid's a great coach he's going to go in the Hall of Fame but I think the one thing is, for all his strengths, game management has always been one of those things that he's never been able to figure out. I mean, when you've got the ball, you know, at their own one-yard line and have an opportunity to extend the lead to two touchdowns, knowing that you're going to get the ball to start the second half, I mean, why risk it? You know, why risk it? I mean, when he took that snap, there was five seconds. There's really only one place you can throw the ball, in the back corner of the end zone. I mean – to, you know, to make sure that the clock doesn't expire on you. You get the ball to start the half anyway. You know, in that quarter, they had 11 first downs in that quarter alone. They dominated the game. And then in the second half, they, only, they were only able to achieve six first downs, four of which were on the last drive. So this is the second time in a row that the Chiefs have been unable to score a touchdown in the second half against the Bengals' defense. I mean, the first time was I thought was luck. The second time, obviously, was the was the Bengals' execution. Yeah, in uh, shades of 2017, right when they uh, they blew their big lead against the Titans, and the Bears were so impressed by that that they decided to bring in Matt Nagy to hire him. Uh, it, it seemed to happen again. If you look at QBR, if you believe in that at all, Mahomes 98 in the first half, 1.4 in the second half at overtime. Can you talk about uh, what we did not see or just the differences between the first and second half for KC? I mean, I almost got the sense that Mahomes was hurt. You know, he just didn't look like the same player. 
You know, he didn't look like the same player. They couldn't execute on third down, you know, and, and in the second half he was running around with really not a purpose, you know, and, and I think he played one of his worst half of football. Now, there was a period during the season that he wasn't playing well at all, and everybody was making excuses for him. His receivers dropped too many passes, but his accuracy wasn't good, and he wasn't anywhere remotely close to being the best player in the league or even the best quarterback in the league. And yesterday was one of those games where he slipped into it. I mean, they get the interception with 14 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and, and, and they put a three and out immediately. Three and I mean, throws get sacked for eight-yard loss, an incomplete pass, and the next thing you know, they're punting. And, you know, and that punt was, was, was able – got Cincinnati back, you know, got the lead for good, basically, and, and not for good, but till the tide. So I, I think this one's on Mahomes. I think it's on Andy Reid, but Mahomes' execution in the second half to only get four first downs, six first downs, four on the last drive, is, is hard to understand, especially at a player that played so well in the first half. My only explanation is, did he get hurt? Because he wasn't the same player. Hmm. And then on the flip side, what, what is your assessment of Joe Burrow's performance? I mean, sort of remarkable. I mean, how many times did they have him sacked that they didn't get him on the ground? You know, how did he escape some of those? I mean, this has been really a remarkable lesson, how Burrow has been able to play at this level behind an offensive line that's shaky to say the least. I mean, and, and that's being really kind of kind to him, you know. And so I think to me, you know, it's it's one of those where you have to honestly say to yourself, like, how does he keep doing this? I mean, he won a title with Ed Orgeron at LSU with some really tremendously great players around him, and now he's taken the Bengals to this to the Super Bowl, and it's been remarkable. I mean, it's really been remarkable that you know he was only sacked one time in the game. If you'd have told me before the game Burrow was getting sacked once and Mahomes was going down four times, I would have said no way. But that's really what happened. Mike, I don't want to put the card ahead of the horse here. and not trying to say he's going to have this guy's career, but I, I see some Tom Brady when I watch Joe Burrow play the position. This calmness is cool. It just feels like he never thinks his team's going to lose, and he plays like it. Um, obviously, he's playing great now, but looking forward, there's a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL. Is it time we put Burrow on that pedestal already? Does he need to win a Super Bowl? But two years in, I, I, I don't see why I can't say he's just as good as some of these guys we've been fawning over for a couple of years now. I think there's no doubt. I think he's been really incredible. And, you know, he just continues to show that mental fortitude that Brady has and that Brady's displayed over his long, long career, the ability to get hit and get back up, the ability to make tight window throws, the ability to lead his team on comebacks, a team that really, in all honesty, is is not the most talented. I mean, I think this Bengal team is somewhat reminiscent of the Patriot team in, in, in 01 that went to the Super Bowl and defeated the, 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 the St. Louis Rams for the, the championship. I think there's no doubt you could draw that comparison. They were a 14-point underdog, the Patriots, in that game. And Brady was able to, along with Belichick's defensive game plan, control the the St. Louis uh, offense, you know, the fastest show on turf, and then make enough plays. You know, in that game, they were Ty Law intercepted a pass for a touchdown, and Brady led the, the game-winning drive at the end of the game. This is very, this is very what, uh, similar to what Burrow has been able to do. And every time, for me, I've counted the Bengals out because, in all honesty, they were fortunate to beat they were fortunate to beat the Raiders, but they did. They were really fortunate to beat the Titans, but they did. And this game, down twenty one three, didn't flinch, and they came right back. So when you're doing it this consistently, it's not that you're lucky. 
Yeah. Win total uh, preseason of only five and a half. And we're going to be talking about them the next two weeks participating in the Super Bowl after Burrow. I mean, Burrow deserves so much credit. But after Burrow, where do you give the most amount of credit for Cincinnati? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think their defense. I think you would, you know, I mean, to hold the to hold the Chiefs down in two second halves consecutively, you know, I mean, Travis Kelsey uh, and Ty, Tyreek Hill, you know, to hold them to under 100 yards, I mean, Hill was sensational in the first half. They couldn't get him the ball in the second half. So the adjustments were spectacular. And I think you've got to give credit to, to, this, to the Bengal defense, that, that even though they have lost some, some of their key players, they've been resourceful and they've been able to adjust during the game and do the things they need to do to win. And so the combination of the two, and obviously he's got great skill around them, Burrow, you know, whether it's Higgins, whether it's Boyd, and obviously the great Jamar Chase. But I think defensively, I mean, they the last time they played the Bengals in in in, in Cincinnati, they gave up three touchdowns. They gave up four touchdowns the first four drives of the game, and then they only gave up a field goal to end the second half. So it's been really remarkable how they've adjusted and really outcoached Andy Reid when you look at it from one half to the other. On the NFC side, um, Niners at Rams. McVay finally beats Shanahan. What were your biggest takeaways from this one? Well, I mean, you know, I think, look, it, it, the, the 49ers couldn't stop the Rams on third down. They couldn't contain Cooper Cup. Everybody knew he was getting the football, yet nobody could stop him on third down. And the fact the 49ers couldn't convert third downs, they only had the ball for 50 plays in the game. And more than anything, I think what we saw in this game is when they can't run the football, they had 20 carries for 50 yards. And, and Elijah Mitchell had 11 of those carries for 20 yards. I mean, he was under two yards a carry. So when you can't, when you can't throw the foot, when you can't run the ball and you're a Kyle Shanahan-based offense, it spells trouble. The Rams get the ball to cup. He had 14 targets in the game. He had 11 receptions, averaged almost 13 yards a catch. They get him the ball twice in the red zone when everybody at home watching the game knew he was getting the ball. Meanwhile, the 49ers couldn't get the ball to Kettle. He only had five targets in the game, and he only had two catches. To me, it, when you're in these games, your best players have to play their best. Samuel only had four catches, and Kittle only had two. To me, that's the difference. And partly this is because the Rams' defense did a really good job of, of stopping them on third down. They were three for nine on third down. But this all starts because the, the 49ers couldn't run the football. When the 49ers can't run the football, their passing game kind of deteriorates. And Jimmy Garoppolo is responsible for some of those mistakes – but it's also within the scheme, and it's also the way they are. When you go over this, I mean, look, they had a, had a big lead in the Super Bowl. They couldn't, they couldn't close it out in the fourth quarter. They had a big lead against the Falcons. Kyle couldn't close it out when he was the coordinator. And this game, you know, he gets, he gets outscored 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and, and their fourth quarter drives are really 
punt, punt interception. I mean, think about it. They had four. They had basically they had five drives in the second half. They went punt, touchdown, punt, punt, interception. I mean, that's that's not going to be good enough. Nine drives is all they had in the game. Odyssey NFL insider Mike Lombardi joining us here on the Roma Guest Line. Mike, what did you think about the decision by Kyle Shanahan to punt fourth quarter, um, kind of given a reprieve because McVay challenged a play? And then, um, you know, the idea there basically like, hey, it it wasn't overturned. So they got the fourth down back. Garoppolo went back on the field to, uh, I guess, try to draw them off sides. When they didn't, timeout, they punt. Did you think Shanahan and the Niners should have went for it? There was kind of no man's land between – too long for a field goal, kind of a weird spot for a punt there. They could have held the ball, maybe changed that game a little bit. What did you think of that decision by Shanahan not to go for it? You know, I think we always view these decisions as single entities, right? And I think the third down decision was really where the most criticism could come by because they go hand in hand. I mean, if you're not going to go for it on fourth down, why do you run that instant? Why do you run that run play? Like, if you're not going to do that, right? So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know you think you got it because you had some deception. But at some point, these games, and I've said this on my show on Visa, and I've said it on my podcast, when you go back and really study playoff games, and, and it applies to the regular season, but not to the degree of this, these games are all won by who converts third and two, who converts third and three. And when you don't convert those downs and you don't have a really good playlist on those plays, then it affects your outcome. For me, I think Kyle made a huge mistake on third down. And, I, and I, I think he shouldn't have punted because I think he wasn't watching the same game I was watching. Earlier in the game, the Rams went 98 yards and scored a touchdown. Like, his defense was never getting off the field on third down. Now, obviously, if the kid, if Tyron intercepts the pass, he looks like a genius. But besides that, the process, I think, was, was one that was dangerous. I think we play too much field position when we're not watching the game, when they were moving the ball fairly well, and they couldn't stop them on third down. And add another layer into this conversation, the fact that they never called any holding penalties. I mean, you're watching this game, and they're tackling the 49ers' defensive front, and they're not getting any calls. And if you're Kyle and you're watching this, you're saying to yourself, look, we can't even get a holding call. Let's just try to let's try to put the game away right here, and I think that's what happens to guys that call the game and looking at their play sheet all the time, and they're not watching the whole essence of the game. Uh, the, the end last night, Aaron Donald putting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, third and thirteen is an ugly interception that was picked. Was that the end of the Garoppolo era in San Francisco? I mean, I can't say that for certain, but you would have to think it would be because you know you've drafted this kid the third pick overall. You've got a lot of resources into them. I mean, they've gone to the conference championship game this year without any help from their first-round pick. And that's pretty remarkable for what they've been able to do. But I think more than anything, I mean, when you look at this team and they have to throw drop-back passes, they have a problem. I mean, the last six plays of the fourth quarter were a disaster for the 49ers. Some of it Garoppolo's fault, some of it their offensive fault. So I think, you know, the front office certainly wants to get to Trey Lance. They have value in Garoppolo. How much value? I think that's yet to be determined. I'm sure there'll be teams interested in Garoppolo. But I think for Garoppolo's career, it's probably best he moves on, too, because every time they lose the 49ers, it's always Garoppolo's fault, even though they allow the team to give up 60% of their third down. Their defense never catches any blame. It always comes back to Garoppolo. And when you don't score enough points, it's going to be the quarterback's fault. Really quick, before we let you go, Rams open up as Super Bowl favorites. Any early thoughts on this matchup? I think if you like if you like the Rams, you better get the number now. I think it's going to go up. I, I have a hard time. I mean, the Rams were playing the Chiefs. I think the the Chiefs were going to be a point favorite 
or, you know, maybe one and a half. It was going to be really a close game. To me, this one being just slightly four when the Chiefs were a seven-point favorite, seems to me like this line could easily go the other way. Michael, one more for you. We have five openings to go uh, of the head coaches. The Bears are introducing Eberflus today. Uh, four, we hired. We have Eberflus with the Bears, also in the NFC, Dayball with the Giants. The Broncos go with Hackett. The Raiders go with McDaniels. Uh, quick thought on each of those four hirings. Well, I mean, I, I know two of them really well. I love Brian. I love Brian Dable. I think he's really worked hard to get this opportunity. I think Josh McDaniels is one of the brightest coaches in the National Football League. I think he's learned from his mistakes in Denver. And anybody who wants to criticize him for for Denver when he was a 33 year old head coach, you're just saying that he could never grow or learn. That's kind of naive to say that. I think Eberflus is a real challenge. I think it's going to be hard. I think when you look at what they did defensively. In Indianapolis, especially at the end of the year, it's going to be hard for him. He's going to have to be more adaptable like Dan Quinn was in Dallas this year. You know, I have a feeling the Indies defense will get better next year, whomever they hire. So I think Eberflus has really got a huge challenge in front of him. And I think Nathaniel Hackett gives the Broncos, they've got some really good skill players. I think this is outside of the Aaron Rodgers conversation. They need to get somebody in there to coach the quarterback. And I think, I think certainly Hackett has done a good job of that in his career. Great stuff. We appreciate it, Mike. That was Odyssey NFL Insider Michael Lombardi on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. On the other side, our first look, Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl 56. We'll hit that next right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.